In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled and Driven with Purpose. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. I'm your host. I'm going to take you through an exciting show with our special guest today. One of the things you're going to love about this person is I had a chance last year at an event to uh, see her from across the room and there's something magical, dynamic about her personality, her aura. She's just exciting and ready to just share kind of her journey and her experience. Uh, she is a former D1 athlete, a professional soccer player, strives to help people overcome adversity and to live their best life through mentorship, coaching, and speaking. She's become a licensed massage therapist, mentors to other athletes, teams, and individuals sharing her experience and wisdom. She is passionate about helping others with mindset and offering a message of hope. Please welcome to the show, Brittany Block. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited you're here. The journey's been exciting. I, um, we were talking a little bit before the show got started today. I was going to drop this. I saw you post a image uh, with you and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And um, I had gotten a chance to, to watch Kobe win a championship, his very first one against the Pacers. And when I saw that image, it just reminded me, wow, like you've been a lot around, you've been around a lot of athletes. Talk a little bit about uh, your journey as a soccer player, and then we'll, we'll share, maybe you have a story you can share about Kobe. That'd be awesome. Talk a yeah. little bit about your, your, your playing days as a soccer player. I mean, soccer was everything to me when I was young, you know, when they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And to me, it was a professional athlete <laughs> and started playing when I was five, played a bunch of other sports. Uh, but soccer really took off at the age of eight, played a little basketball till high school, but I just fell in love with the beautiful game. I had a coach who had this Brazilian mindset. And so Jogo Benito loved the beautiful game and loved my team. And I was just an intense, passionate player. I mean, that's how I am in life, but I just, I love to compete. I love to play. It brought me so much joy. And so through that, I had this dream and this desire and around the age of 14, I started to go to, and I mean, I traveled all over the country for soccer. And around the age of 14, I've had this desire to be on the national team, to win the Olympics and World Cup. And that was this burning, just like dream in my head. And so at age of 14, I went to this soccer camp and heard some things about setting goals and going after them. And so I found a poster of the U.S. women's national team and I had bunk beds at the time. And so I put that up and I put national and I ripped off a cardboard box and I wrote national team, just do it and had the glow in the dark stars. So like every single night, the last thing I looked at was this poster with their gold medals on with the soccer team. And when the, when the lights went out, it was national team, just do it. And so this, I mean, this just drove me. I knew exactly what I wanted and I was driven. Um, I played in the backyard by myself so many times and I just, I just wanted to be around the game. And so that grew into just being 
you know, on through high school and then getting, going to college at Notre Dame and the success I had there. And then ultimately continuing on, we lost, um, once I went to Notre Dame, lost our national championship game my senior year. And it wasn't, it was like, it was so hard because it was undefeated uh, that season. And I, I was just like, ah, but then I'm like, okay, but this wasn't my final thing. Like I have goals that are bigger. I was present in the moment, but I was like, I want national team. I want to play pro. And so that just really drove me and played seven years pro, played with the national team for a year, um, trained with them, I should say, the entire year. And it was just, you know, went after my dream with conviction and had a lot of suffering along the way, though. (laughs) Well, suffering, unfortunately, or fortunate, depending on how you look at it, is part of life. Like, imagine at Notre Dame, if you would have won, for most people, they said, hey, you know, I've accomplished what I set out to do. But I say to myself, like, I have zero limits placed on me. So why did I place a limit on like what I can do when I don't know my truest and fullest potential? Mm-hmm. So like to have the mindset at 14 to come home, rip off the poster, adjust it, put some stars and every night fall asleep. See, that's what we have to remind ourselves. If we want what we've never gotten before, we got to do some things we'll never do again. Right. And so imagine being 14 or imagine, as you say, now in your 30s what poster would you rip off today and put on your wall? What, what's that, what does that poster look like today that's in front of you when you fall asleep at night? What does that look like? Yeah, well, I actually have behind me. Do you see this? Yeah. <laughs> it is mountains and a lake. It's actually in Montana. A buddy of mine took this picture and there's like this guy riding a horse. I just have fallen in love. I love being in nature. I love the silence. I love the strength of the mountains. I love how small I feel. Um, and so not that that, but that to me is just like this perspective that I have that I just want to, through my experiences and everything, but I want to be in a place that brings me peace, that brings me, that inspires me. And so to me, my most important thing, if anyone knows me, like my family is my everything. I get emotional talking about them. I love being around them. But for me to go out and change the world, I don't know if you've ever heard this. Um, no, I forget who it's from. But you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Yeah. And so to me, like I want to help people and, and inspire. But like to me, being filled and being filled with, and we just talked about this too, like knowing that I am loved and I am good as I am. And you have this freedom to, to love others and to serve others. And so to me, like being in nature and that's why I love being in Colorado. I just, that's where I get the most inspiration when I go on walks or hikes and I have this silence. And I'm just like, I feel so small. And where are you from originally? Illinois. So Chicago suburbs. Gotcha. I have a lot of friends in Montana. It's kind of been like the theme over the last probably year, year and a half. These people from Montana just keep showing up in my life. Oh, I'm literally right before our call was talking to a friend in Montana. So that's kind of funny. You talk about that. Oh yeah. Been a couple of times. So, so when you think, um, you know, 14, you go, you come home, put a poster up, you get a chance to play for, for Notre Dame. You, you, you get the chance, you don't make it. You get to go play professional. You get to train the highest of highs. You're in your thirties and you're like, all right, I love nature. I love outdoors. Where's the calling from? Where, where's like, if, where's this thing inside of you? Where does this, cause I remember when we sat across at, uh, at Peter Lynch's event, Matt, uh, 
sitting there talking to you. Um, I was doing a little bit of one on work, one on one work from stage, but where does that come from? Where is this, this thing inside of you saying, Hey, that's what I want to go do. Mm -hmm. This has been, this has just been really beautiful. Um, actually in this quarantine time has allowed me to actually rest. So as a massage therapist doing a lot of work, I love helping people. Um, I want to inspire people through soccer, but I was always operating. I don't want to say like always operating, operating on my own strength. Like I can do it. I can push through. I set my goals and I will accomplish them. But along the way in soccer, um, and there was always this, just this like call, this desire in my heart. And I grew up in the church in the Catholic church and just the way that my parents raised us in the house that we were in, there was so much love. There was, there was a lot of challenges and, and they were like strict with us and things, but I had this calling and this deeper desire for more. And it was through, I remember in college, I had this, I was struggling to pray and I knew I wanted more. I knew I was called for more, but I struggled to pray. And so I was distracted by soccer and boys, <laughs> but I, and so I didn't, you know, what do you put your time into? Like, what are you investing into? And so after Notre Dame, like I still would pray and I, and I would do things here and there, but it wasn't until playing professionally. Uh, I played in LA my rookie season, which is where I met Kobe. And I had played on essentially two broken feet. So March, we started preseason and I stepped back really hard uh, defending Marta, who she is like FIFA player of the year, five years in a row. She was my like idol, even though she was only like a year, a couple years older than me. Um, but she's this Brazilian player, so much passion. But I stepped back, had pain in my left foot in March and right foot. I started having pain when I was training with the national team in May. So I played from March until October. I remember I came back at the end of October from Germany with the national team. And I was just like this pain in my foot. And that was like a big turning point because I had, we won the league. I was with the national team the whole year and I come home and I was fighting through it by myself and I come home and I end up getting double foot surgery. And the next year, my team, the team folds like the day after I get out of my second foot surgery. So then I'm like, who's going to pick me up? But obviously I had a really good year. I get picked up by DC. I move across the country. I battle through two surgeries and working back. And so that was kind of my career in the sense of there was so much change. There was so much uncertainty. I could do, my dad always reminds me, do what you can with what you have, where you are. And I would constantly like do that. But there was so much that I couldn't control where I just started to like, God, I, what's going on? And I would just surrender this. And so through all that, through the injuries, I just was like frustrated and and knowing I, I could do so much more. And that is where, and, and really the basis for a lot of when I go speak to people, especially athletes, like you can do all the things. You can grind, you can push hard, you can accomplish everything, you know, that you want and do it on your own strength. But there are, there are times when life is just going to smack you. And, and where is your strength then? And so my strength comes from the Lord. My strength comes from Christ. And it was in that surrender, I call it a surrendered strength, where I was just like, I can't do this on my own. And I need you. And that is where it's just propelled me through. No, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about two surgeries. Being in LA, you know, your rookie year, you get to meet Kobe. Kobe loves soccer. Oh, yeah. He was so phenomenal. I, I, you know, 
So I, I love that you shared that. Cause I mean, I think that's really, really cool that you shared a passion, you know, over the same type of sport, right? He, uh, he probably could have played that sport just as well as he could have played, uh, you know, basketball. He, he was, he was great. I love the fact that he had, he was so well versed in so many different languages too. So, but, um, I injured, so I busted both of my feet in high school playing water polo. So I, uh, my first one, I, I snapped. And then my second one, I got broken in the pool. Someone, I was a goalie and someone took my foot and they twisted it and popped it. Oh. And I had a, we were playing in a big tournament and uh, my coach looked at me and I said, yes. And I got out and I, I duct taped an air cast to my other foot and got back in and finished the game yeah. and we won. But I want to talk a little bit about that toughness, right? Cause life is going to, like I always say, like you're running on a track and there's hurdles in front of you. And sometimes if you run over the hurdle properly, you may, you may nick it just a little bit, but it'll spring back up. But sometimes you can get caught up and you can knock them all down and you're down. How do you get back up? How did you get back up mentally knowing that you were built for greatness and designed to be phenomenal? How did you, how did you, what was the trigger with your dad saying what he said and family being so important, but yet in the moment, when you're like, crap, I just got dropped or, you know, hey, they just folded. Now I got to go, go to D.C. Now I got to go try this again. Like, how do you how do you in the moment when you're looking at your two feet, you're like, crap, I just had major surgery. Now, like, what am I going to do? How do you how do you get through that? Well, I had just such a passion and a desire to to plan that national team. Like I, I, I wanted that more than anything. And this and I think it served me well and got me through my career. But I look at just like the brokenness and, and how tired I was. And so physically, yes, it was tough. I'm in a pretty physical, I'm a pretty physical person. Like the way I played, I was just like a beast and I can push through it. Um, but our, our bodies will waste away, you know, it's not like we can be invincible forever. Um, but I had just such this desire to go after this. And this is something that I, talk about a lot is just the mental so we have the mental toughness in driving through that but just like mental health in general so I for so long was playing on this idea like I can push through it this is my dream this is my goal I wanted it so bad but I started to allow just like some negative thoughts come in my head I started to allow these lies in my head that like I'm not good enough or you're never going to get back to healthy, or you missed your chance, or even like, because I looked at national team players who had surgeries and kept going. Then I was like, I'm doing something wrong. And I started to like build a lot of shame. I started to build a lot of shame in, in who I was. So initially, seven years of playing pro, I mean, I was just like, I freaking want this. <laughs> so like, there was nothing that was going to stop me. But there was a shift in where my mindset and this mental health became a big issue, uh, really battled with depression and anxiety is because like, I think I was trying to be someone who everyone expected me to be, even though my parents weren't, you know, do whatever you want. Like don't, they, they didn't put that pressure on me, but like what the world is like, the idea of success is to be the best, reach the highest, make the most money, do all this stuff. And so like this idea of success, I almost, it started to like, I've, I've got to be better and I, I have to perform. And so that really started to drain me. And it wasn't until I like stepped away from soccer and I had to step away. I was given a contract my, um, in 2016 
to play and I didn't sign it because I was just like mentally I am not in a good place and I showed up for the crowds and I was and I was like I said I would talk to people I'd, I'd help people I'd speak to people and I think you know that was very encouraging and helped people but inside I was just dying I wanted to disappear I wanted to hide and so that where I was like ultimately like I'm playing it to be the best it became like I had to put on an image and it almost shifted and I started to resent the sport and I started to hate the sport um, and I just wanted to disappear. And so that is why when I stepped away, I moved here to Colorado in 2016 and it took a couple years to like really know like, you know, I don't have to perform and be the best to be good. Like I don't have to. And, and I, like, again, I, I shamed myself and I didn't even like who I was and I was embarrassed of myself which no one, not a lot of people knew unless you knew me. You talked about your parents and they said, you know, do whatever you want, right? And so self-pressure is a big thing. Like people, people like skim over it. I'm like, no, no, it's a real deal. Like I have an exercise. I, I tell people it's the smile exercise, right? And you, you, you walk into your bathroom in the morning and, you know, one, one day you start with a minute and then by the end of the week, you've done five minutes of smile exercise and you just look at the person for one minute and you don't say a damn thing. You just look at the person, right? And um, by the end, the fifth day, you're laughing at the person because you love that person, right? And it's crazy how fast it can shift. But, you know, the thing that I remember about talking to you is that you have big dreams and you have like, you have big goals. And I love the fact that, you know, you're really, you're speaking today about the mental game because I think that's the most important game that we all play, right? We're all programmed with what we're programmed based on a lot of things. We don't even know it's being programmed for us. A lot of our upbringing, but it sounds like you come from a loving family and parents and great teammates. And yet, you know, the FIFA player that you really looked up to and you really idolized it. And, and, and the fact that you had all this, but then you get to the point where you're like, I'm done, right? Like I'm mentally, I'm like, as much as it feels like I should go out there and, you know, they, I've heard this saying so many times, fake it until you make it, which is BS, really. Like yeah, what you really yeah. should do is speak your truth and tell people what you're up to and encourage others to go on a journey with you. Because I, I, I'm not who I am today without a lot of people who've said yes to like, sure, uh, what do you want? Let's figure it out, right? You can Google anything today, but when you go down the rabbit hole of mental health and this, there is a list of drugs they suggest you take. There is a list of things you should do, but none of them really say center yourself and get connected to God, right? Never get connected to source, like never really truly dial in. Most, most of them are like, you're broken. There's something wrong with you. Uh, you're a piece of what, you know, and, and I can insert a lot of words in my forehead and then they can get into my ears. And next thing I know, I've taken myself out of the game. So I really appreciate you sharing that. When you think about God's purpose for you, what's, what do you think God's purpose is for Brittany? I love it. There's this song um, called new wine and it's, it's like, make me a vessel, make me an offering Make me whatever you want me to be. And I think for so long, it's like I had these dreams and these goals and I'm going to do it. And you hear, we plan, God laughs. And for, for a while, I was just like, God, why you, like, God gives you the desires of your heart. And, and I'm like, God, why did you put this desire of soccer and this in my heart? If you, you're just going to take it all away from me, you know, it was a very selfish way. But I was so, I was hurting so bad. I've had 13 surgeries and, and just like. 13. 
So in broken ribs and concussions, the amount of brain trauma that I've had sometimes has, is frustrating. And so doing like neurofeedback and things to build up on that, but um, it tore me down and I'm like, God, like all this, all the strengths I felt like I had, I feel like I'm not even able to use, but just more like I got the opportunity to go to the Holy land this year and we were supposed to go 10 days and it was right when the pandemic was happening. We got out. We were like one of the last people to get out uh, our trip. It was just in this, I, I journaled and I, I will be like writing, but I, we were literally like one step ahead. And one of the biggest things that I got from that, which has just transformed for so long. I'm like, Oh, if I just would have done this differently, if I just would have, you know, maybe I trained the wrong way or maybe I like, I thought I was doing everything right at the time. But then I like, when I look back, I'm like, what are all the things I was doing wrong? And I shamed myself. And in this time through scripture, through service, through like mass, through services, through talks and reading books, like, it was this like, go back to your first love <laughs> and like, n- like to be known, to be known who you truly are by your creator. And so God's purpose for me, like, I, I it's nothing that I can do. It's just, I want to be a vessel. Like God is like, let me show you. And so in this time that I, that I went away to the Holy land and we missed five days from it. We missed so much. And instead of focusing on like all the things I missed or all the brokenness, it was like the Lord was saying, Stop focusing on all the things you don't have, all the things you missed, all the mistakes you made, and focus on the day that I'm giving you. And I kid you not, we were there, and there, we were at a site, the Sea of Galilee, where we were the only ones. That does not happen, yeah. probably, you know? And so, like, the gifts, and it's just like, pay attention to what I am giving you today and be grateful for this and like, please receive my love. And at that spot is where um, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me three times? And it was just like, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so just with that, it's just like, I am here that the greatest like commandment, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. So like, what does he want me to do? He wants me to love others the way he loved and to like first receive that love so I can go love. And that is my strength and that is my, my source. Um, no, that, that, so right there, most people get hung up on this. So let's imagine it's Friday night, you're throwing a party, you invite, you know, 40 of your friends over. We're, we're, we're past what we're past and everybody's, you know, celebrating and, you know, 30, 36 people show up, but there's 14 missing. You have a choice in the moment to worry about the 14 who are missing or pay attention to the 36 that are there. So Mm -hmm. much of our life is worrying about the people who aren't there instead of the people who are, right? Mm -hmm. So your connection with the people on your journey, five days, four days, whatever it turns out to be, being there all alone. In reality, which I've had to learn through my, my, my walk in life, you know, I always say I talk about walking with God. That's like something that I look forward to. That's when, usually when I'm still enough and quiet enough that I actually receive because it's when I'm doing, um, I'm not being anything other than just in charge. And so it's when I let go and I like, like I always say, let go and let God do for me what I can't do for myself. Uh, he gives me the moment of clarity and the moment of clarity only comes when I'm quiet, but when I'm quiet, that means that I have to be still. And for me to be still, I have to find a place to be calm for a place for me to be calm means I have to give up everything that I am for everything that I don't know. And so usually when I get still and quiet, I hear something, right? And I just got done with a, 
a broadcast today with, uh, it was, it was great for, it was for our other podcast networking remote. We had Darren Barasami from 34 strong. We had Vic Wooten and then we had Joseph McClendon and, and the whole kind of conversation was investigate, like get so quiet. You can investigate the being that you're in, right? Like you're in this vessel for a reason. So when you come back, you're now thrown back into the pandemic, right? You are thrown back into crazy town because it literally is for everybody so different, but yet it's all very much the same. Everybody's trying to figure it out. So you have a couple of roommates. So you came home and self-quarantined, I take it? Yeah. So one of my other room, so there's four of us and two of us went on the trip. Another was on a mission trip in Belize and then one was home. And so when we come home and it, it was, it was so interesting because like, the peace and the stillness at the Sea of Galilee. And we go to Jerusalem for one day and just like, ironically, it was like stormy and everything. And, and like, we honestly were just like trusting and surrendering the whole trip. Like at no point were we like, what are we going to do? Like it was just an act of trust and surrender was amazing. Like I, the whole group. So when we come home, we weren't really paying attention and people were freaking out in the States. So we come home and like, it was like, we were like lepers. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Um, but there was like a freak out from people. And so we self-quarantined. And so then our roommates, because they were in contact, self-quarantined. And really like at first it was, it was a struggle to get used to, like everyone has to get used to how everyone's working from home. And, uh, but it was one of the biggest blessings to have this time, this intentional time with our roommates there were some good, hard conversations and there was, there has been the most joy, laughter. Uh, so at first it was really hard, but like now to have that community, it was such a gift. And, and, and this is another thing. I think what people really have a hard time about being still is people don't want to go into their thoughts. People just avoid it by, you know, TV. Like I don't really watch TV. I don't rewatch Netflix. I, um, but people will go to all these things to fill this void and normally have friends and everything like that. And it's actually very good to enter into that. But also I did a little like IGD, IGTV thing on it just because it's important to like sit in that and like, and surrender that. But some people, and, but to have a support system with it. So having the community of my roommates when I came home and processing stuff, uh, it was, it was pretty interesting. Well, just before today's show, you were talking, you just got done with doing an air boxing class basically with your roommate, right? So like, how cool is it to, um, you know, to challenge your mind, your body. And then uh, most of, if you're not following uh, Brittany, you're, you're doing something wrong. So let me just tell you, just go lock in and go watch. She takes these magical hikes. She loves going out and having fun and exploring the great, you know, area and the weather we have here in Colorado has just been just incredible of late. I'm doing something called 75 hard and every morning I have to get up and go take a walk Well, I get to, but this morning yes. I was, I was kind of like, I wanted to stay in bed. My mind is like, I just stay in bed. I got up at four 30, let my dog on and came back to bed. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lay, lay in bed for a little bit. And I'm on day 27. And part of the whole process was, is that my mind tells me just stay in bed, just stay in bed. It's better for you. Just stay in bed. You're tired. There's a reason you're tired. You're, you're exhausted. And it wasn't until about 5.55 and I'm like, all right, we got to go work. I got to go move. So you have been quarantined. You have gone on walks. You have connected. 
your journey has been incredible. What are the biggest things that you're up to? You're talking a little bit about writing a book. You're talking about coaching, mentoring, speaking. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to? I, I, I don't want to say transition because I don't believe we are transitioning. I believe every single day we are uh, shifting. We, we, we're just shifting. We're just kind of going. It's like your buddy is uh, in the passenger seat messing with the radio knob. He's just shifting the channel just a little bit and you're going, okay, cool. It's good. How are you shifting right now? What are some of the things you're working through? Yeah. And like I just said before, the honestly shift in my mindset, and I've been working on it for years, but by honestly sharing my experiences, what it took to get to the highest level in soccer and having all those experiences. I write a lot working on writing a book and I I just have this desire to help people. And so I've got uh, started Passionate Pursuit Coaching, working on my website right now to kind of get it fixed up a little bit, but working with athletes, with people on mindset. And to me, um, I just, I'm raw, I'm authentic. I just like to like tell it as it is. And I, I just think like sometimes I'm not here to like, I have people reaching out to me. I have people reach out to me, social media with nothing that I'm, I'm not looking for anything in return. Sometimes when people send me a message, I just like, I want to help. Like I have been in a place before so empty and, and, and depressed and anxious that I'm like, I I know how much it means. And so by sharing these messages, getting some more like video content out, helping people, but through my mentorship and speaking and once who knows how long this stuff will take uh, with, with the pandemic and when things open up and to get out and start speaking more um, with schools and, and organizations, but there's a lot of virtual conferences. So working with getting on some of those and really like one of the big things I love to show is, or just to help people through is uh, some people trying to work out and like, Oh, I've got to do this and not finding the motivation. I have been on several phone calls just being like, okay, well, motivation comes from a motive. What is your motive? And so if you find like that greater purpose, like what are your passions? What, what, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, if it's just to like get in shape, which can be something, but like for me, when I work out, my mindset is so much healthier. When I eat healthier, my mindset is so healthier. Gut health. I just listened to one of your podcasts, the recent podcast on, on gut health. That's a huge thing for me is because there's inflammation of the body and the brain. And so through all of that mind, body, soul as a massage therapist, helping people physically is just all the things that I have learned and that I've given, I want to give back to people and I truly care. Like I, I love people. I'm intrigued by people. I get emotional. It's just like there's this ache in my heart sometimes. I just want to help more people. And so through those mediums and, you know, putting out more content is something I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, you get past some of those little fears. But <laughs> let me give you the greatest gift today. Um, checking out your website, finding joy in the journey. So after playing soccer professionally for seven years and enduring 11 surgeries, now more, but I put my body through a lot of trauma and in my years of playing D1 college soccer professionally and training with the U.S., women's national team, we pushed through rigorous training sessions and long days of travel. Rest, recovery, and maintenance was crucial to perform at the highest level. And then just talking to you today, you can just tell there's a lot of clarity coming from it. And uh, the journey that you're on is incredible. I'll give you the gift today that I'm happy. I have tons of friends and people that would love to help you get your your message, but your website, 
the way you want it. And the opportunities to speak are available. That's what I learned a long time ago. If you really, really want it. The one thing that we just need to say is like, Hey God, like this is what I'd like to do. Where can I spread your light? That's kind of like what I, like I keep saying to myself, where can I spread your light? Yesterday morning I was walking and talking with God and three birds came up and like one hit me in my, my chest, one hit me in my leg and one flew around. My dog was like barking. And I was like, Oh, isn't that crazy? And so last night I was bike riding with God. And I said, how can I be your light? And my light went off on my bike, my front light. So I'm, it's pitch black. I mean, it's 8.30 at night. And I'm like, all right, I got a flashing brake light, but I have no front light. And I'm like, just get me home. And I came home and my wife's like, you're home quick. And I'm like, well, my light just went off my bike. And I got to remind myself, like, you said something and I want to make it to be the end thing that we say today. Like, you're just a conduit. You're just, it's just a pass through. You're just... You're just trying to be a vessel. You're just trying to do the next right action and right. Loving the neighbor is hard, but loving ourselves is even harder, right? So I just want to say thank you for being here today. And um, you can check out B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-B-O-C-K.com. You can learn more. Um, if you have an event, you'd like a dynamic speaker, get Brittany to come and do that. But I uh, just want to say thank you for going on a little bit of a journey. I mean, life life is short and sweet and uh Stop having surgeries, start, uh, go travel and hike, do more of those things. I think that's important. Um, are you feeling better though from all your surgeries? Yes and no. I mean, my mindset has helped my body and not accepting, but my foot, my knee, there's a couple of things that I just, I cannot move the way I used to. It's very humbling, but I'm also like, I work, I worked with an organization called Challenge Athletes Foundation, amputees, paralyzed, cancer, removed limbs, and I have worked them the last two years with a massage event down the coast of California. And these people just like, you just keep going. You fall down right. seven times, you get up eight. And so where can I still move? Like I still can walk and move and hike and go on the river. And, and um, there's just such a joy in that. Like, and we don't know when life's going to end. And that was a big thing I never got to say about Kobe was this idea of success. And like, to, if I just could have won a world cup, if I just could have won the Olympics, if I just could have, won a national championship at Notre Dame. We lost him too. All of these things. Um, I'm like, then I would have like that. Like to me, that was success. And this was on my heart for like a while about athletes. Literally I had a brunch after church with my roommates and one of my friends go, and, and some friends and my friend Jillian was like, Kobe just died. And I got that. And like this flood of emotions for the next I don't even know how long like, I couldn't. And, and the idea was, and like, honestly, my first thought was like, he was like such a, such an amazing player. And I watched his, his documentary that he had on Netflix, but he, he, he was in the gym early. He did all the things. Um, and he was the, one of the best of the best and then done gone. Yes. He left like a legacy, but done. And so to me, like there was such a shift in building up to that was like, my thought was like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, is he in heaven? Like, I wanted to know, like, this amazing person who has helped so many people inspire them. My first thought was like, that's it. Like, I hope he's in heaven. And then I found out, like, he was at mass that morning with his daughter. He, like, and to me, that's like greater than it's success isn't accomplishing all these things and all these, it's great and it drives you to be the best version of yourself but to me it's just like to love and serve in the way that we just saw that he 
loved his family. And like, those were his greatest joys. It seemed like even more than all the championships. And so like, to me, it like, it gave me a peace. So there was so much sorrow. And then that night I watched with my Bible study, I had watched a documentary on mother Teresa and the suffering. So my idea of success is, is like, is to suffer well and persevere and love and serve those around you. Like to me, that's success. And so Mother Teresa, do small things with great love. We're not all going to be able to do these incredible things, but we can do small things with great love. And to me, like just all of that hit me at once. And to know in the end, like, okay, do you want to like be known to be the best, whatever? Yeah. But like, to me, I'm like, I'd rather spend eternity. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. Like I'd rather spend eternity with the people I love. And yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think uh, it's magical and a good way to kind of end, you know, when you think about driven with purpose, you know, there's something in all of us, right? Like say there's greatness. Uh, we weren't designed to be average. We were designed to be phenomenal. And if we tap into that, you know, Mother Teresa was a person. So was Gandhi. So was Kobe, right? They're mm-hmm. just individuals. So was Brittany. And what they choose to do with their time here is so limited is, is to just go serve. And so I want to say thank you for coming here today and serving our audience and helping um, to share your message um, it's always cool to connect with, you know, people that you watch and you see along your journey. So keep uh, being that light, keep sparkling, keep shining and doing all the things to encourage others. We need more people like you in the world. I do know that. That yeah. is Brittany. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.